Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its management board, or the board of trustees of the University of Massachusetts. This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Thursday, March 22nd. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. Welcome back, everybody. I know uh, we didn't really go anywhere last week. Last week was just uh, pre-recorded really early, so there probably wasn't a whole lot of relevant topics on the air last week. Uh, This week, we will actually go over some important headlines in sports, and we will cover uh, some UMass sports items as well. As you know, the bumpers are back, the music and all the fancy intros and whatnot, that was back. I know last week we had a little bit of a snafu where we weren't able to have those because I was locked out of the studio that I regularly record in. But we are back in the newsroom, the regular room I'm used to working in, so everything is at my disposal and just looking forward to have a great, having a great Thursday morning here, having a great show. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of uh, weeks left before the semester is over, before the show ends. Unfortunately, there will come a time where this show will at least come to a temporary end. Uh, that doesn't mean that it can't come back at some point, potentially. Or that I'll be gone, because that won't be the case. I'll still be here doing broadcasts, and hopefully hopping on uh, some other people's show here at WMUA Sports. So, with that being said, I think we can jump into some topics this week. Uh, I've been sort of searching the internet and looking for relevant things to talk about this week. Maybe we can sort of generally, briefly, first uh, recap a little bit of the first couple of rounds of the March Madness tournament. I feel like a lot of people are probably tired of, you know, listening to bracket breakdowns and predictions and it's it can get a little heavy. You know, there were a lot of games played in the first two rounds. Obviously, a uh, 64 team tournament, 64 team field is can be overwhelming and it takes over a lot of the sports media their, the media's agenda, so I think a lot of people, who knows, I mean, if you like hearing about March Madness, great, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, if you're uh, already a little March madness out, then you're just going to have to bear with us, because uh, it, it is something we have to talk about, just because it's so relevant right now. As you know, the 16 seed UMBC uh, overwhelmingly defeated the number one ranked Virginia Cavaliers that had never been done in tournament history, men's tournament history, 
Uh, Harvard did it in the women's tournament back in the late 90s, I believe. Uh, so very noteworthy, very important to sort of bring that up. And uh, I think UMBC, to me, proves that any team that can nail all their three-pointers, uh, because Virginia would set up a defense that would block off the paint and block off the shots from down low. Uh, so naturally, UMBC adjusted, and they played, they shot from mainly only the perimeter. Uh, they were shooting from the perimeter, and coincidentally, lucky, luckily enough for them, they just nailed every, not every shot, but mostly all their shots. Like, to be that dominant against, you know, a number one seed is just absolutely surreal. It's it tip of the cap to UMBC. Uh, that does a lot for a school, a program. I wouldn't be surprised if their academic admissions soar through the roof after that. Uh, obviously, their athletic department will get a lot of appraisal, specifically their basketball program. Um, but that's you know that's obvious. But you know it, it puts a school that wouldn't otherwise be on the map on a national stage. So very cool. Uh, unfortunately, they lost in the second round, as we all know. But they had their moment in the spotlight. Their Twitter account was phenomenal. Whoever was running that was doing a fantastic job of taking advantage of their their moment in the spotlight to really just brand what their school is all about. Their tweets were sort of poking fun at themselves. They did it in a very uh, sort of funny way. And props to them for being able to seize the moment moving like on to the rest of uh or just some other important things to note virginia was not the only number one seed to fall as we know number one seed xavier i don't i believe that's how you pronounce their school name um they fell to number nine i believe florida state so that's another major upset. There were other upsets uh, all around the tournament. We saw Cincinnati lost. They were a number two seed. In addition to just upsets, we saw just exciting games, buzzer beaters. Number three, Michigan had an incredible uh, last-minute buzzer beater so you know I think it's easy to say it's easy to get caught up every year and say oh okay well this is this is an exciting tournament and this is a tournament filled with a lot of upsets but you know I think this year is in particular special in in terms of you know other years it just seems that the degree in which the upset, the number of upsets, and the number of, I don't know about the number of buzzer beaters, but I would say the number of upsets specifically 
uh, contribute to this year being sort of a special year and being exciting to watch because I think when you put a tangible, the thing that makes March Madness so popular is because of the upsets and because you don't have to be a sports fan per se to say, okay, well, that was an underdog team that just beat a really good team. And you don't have to be a sports fan to say, hey, that's kind of cool. You know, in the in the real world, being an underdog and, and you know, being underqualified or whatever in any circumstance is can be applied to pretty much anything. So you don't have to be just a sports fan to really appreciate that. And I think that's why March Madness is so popular because, you know, everyone can get in on, okay, well, now let's root for this team that's lower seated. And I think the fact that we put tangible numbers on these teams, you know, Obviously, in the regular season, there's top 25 ranked teams, and you know we can put numbers on them like that. But the fact that all of these teams, the 64 teams, are ranked in their respective brackets makes uh, it gives us a sense of where this team is and how this team, how good this team is. So we solely look at the numbers. We don't really look at because a lot of people that watch March Madness don't particularly follow call it regular season college basketball. I know I don't I'm not I don't follow, you know, the team how well the teams did in the regular season. Um I just look at the March Madness brackets and I say, "Okay, this team is seated at 1 2 3. Teams X Y and Z are seated at 1 2 3, so they are good therefore they are good teams." You know, teams A, B and C are at f- seated 14, 15, 16, so they must not be as good as, you know, the the lower seeds. So when you look at it that way, we can easily say, okay, this is exciting now. And even, you know, when you see the, the eight and the nine seed play, that's exciting too, because then you, you say, okay, well, these teams are very equally matched you know, and you trust the committee because, uh, you know, supposedly the committee spends long hours determining the seeds for the teams in, in the tournament. So it it really, I think the, the, the tangible part, the numbers that we put on the teams is what really makes the tournament so exciting. We We also, we sort of, we like to pick and prod and cut up all of these these stats um, like I already noticed I went on Instagram and ESPN has the reseedings for the Sweet 16 which uh, those games are going to be played later on today uh, but it just goes to show you how how in depth we go especially with the numbers in the seedings of these teams, these teams have already been given seeds, but just like that, we're we're now reseeding the field. Um, we're doing more than we have to, so we like to to be involved in in this this spectacle, this event that takes place. So really, now you know you see the the second chance brackets and the. You know, everyone because at this point everyone's brackets busted. 
that's no surprise. The you know the odds of getting this far with you know a perfect bracket are just so unlikely. But it's fun uh, anyway to participate. You know to to do to fill out a bracket or multiple brackets. But yes, I mean we definitely we get into the rankings and all that. Like uh, going back to the whole the whole reseeding thing. Kansas was chosen to be a number one seed by the the tournament committee, and now you know CBS and ESPN and whatever uh, just the media companies um, doing their own reseedings now have Kansas at a uh, number two seed when they did their own their own reseedings based off of the first and second round performance. So it's certainly an an industry, a very uh, powerful thing that people like to participate in. It's all about participation. It's all about that prosumer type, uh, type commitment where, you know, we're doing all of this extra work as, as viewers and fans that doesn't need to be done uh, but it's fun, so you know that's why we do it. It's when it comes down to it, we we enjoy this. Uh, so I didn't I didn't intend to go you know this in depth into tournament. I kind of just wanted to talk about some of the major headlines, like the the big upsets. But uh, you know, I think that was a good little tangent we went off on, uh, sort of breaking down I guess the the sociology of watching March Madness and watching uh, tournament basketball. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk some UMass sports, UMass headlines in general, and just talk about spring sports here on campus. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is unbeaten WMUA 91.1 FM. This is WMUA Sports. UMass Men and Women Basketball on WMUA is supported by listeners like you and by Collective Copies, a worker-owned print shop with a mission. Printing, publishing, and promotion, 11 worker owners who share over 150 years of experience in the print industry are there to help you at every step. Collective Copies in Amherst and Florence and online 24-7 at collectivecopies.com. Thanks for sticking with us. It's Thursday morning, roughly 11.15. How's everybody doing this uh, fine morning? We are transitioning uh, to UMass Athletics on this portion of the show. Uh, As everybody knows, or if you don't know, winter sports are over completely over uh, basketball 
and hockey were the last two sports, I believe, to, uh, they, you know, they just finished up recently, but they were the last of the winter sports to, uh, you know, finish up. So, as, if you don't know, UMass uh, basketball, uh, we'll do, I guess we can talk about both men's and women's, uh, men's basketball made it through the first round of the A-10 tournament, which was unexpected, uh, but then they ended up going on to play St. Bonaventure, I believe, I believe, uh, they were not able to pull off the win there, uh, so their run, their season ended in the second round of the A-10 tournament. Uh, women's, I don't believe, made it out of the first round. I believe they lost their first tournament game. So that ended both uh, seasons for the men's and women's teams. The men's team, uh, a pretty good improvement from last season. Last season they were under Derek Kellogg. Uh, who this season took a coaching position at LIU Brooklyn, which, uh, you know, sort of interestingly enough, had a, made a tournament bid. They were they played in the first four game, which technically isn't you know the field of sixty four teams. It's sort of a game like a wild card almost to play into the the field of sixty four. But it's still considered March Madness. So they did get that tournament bid. They lost to, I believe it was Radford. But then Radford ended up losing the first round of the tournament anyway. Uh, but that's besides the point. Derek Kellogg, pretty good, pretty good first season for LIU Brooklyn. UMass basketball under coach Matt McCall now. Things are looking up. I think in a few years, the team will 100% have a tournament bid. I would say by at least my senior year, they should have a tournament bid. Uh, you know, and it, it, it probably won't be, you know, anything crazy. It'll probably be a, a pretty high seed, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speculate because that's way too far down the line. But I think, yeah, uh, a tournament bid before, you know, before I graduate. I'm, I'm only a freshman here at UMass. And then sort of transitioning to hockey. Hockey had an even, I think, an even more impressive turnaround from only winning five games last season. And then this season, um, I'm not sure how many wins they had, but, I mean, they went... Pat, they beat Vermont in the first round of the Hockey East tournament. So, you know, that was the first time they've done that in a while. And we, we had home ice advantage. I called one of the games that was there uh, for game two. Uh, and it was, it, was a, it was a fun series. It went three games. You know, they didn't survive against Northeastern in the second round of tournament play. But still exciting to see them go that far especially after you know only winning five games in the previous season so you have to you have to respect that and respect the work that the hockey team's done and they're still a young young team and I don't think I've been on the program 
since the news came out that it, it appears as though Mario Ferrero and Kale McCarr will stay on the team next season. Uh, that's, you know, I don't, uh, that's pretty much going to be the deal. That's, that's the rumors sort of swirling. Uh, they are both believed to be returning, which is great because then that keeps the core, not only the core defense, which obviously it does, but the core chemistry of the entire team because they're all young and I think they all developed most likely pretty strong bonds over the, the course of this season. So it's great to hear that the the guys you the guys that you want to build a program around are are sticking around. So very, very good uh, for UMass hockey. They're they're probably gonna you know even improve on on uh, this season next year. So can't wait for that. That pretty much wraps up. I could talk about, or I really couldn't talk about other, uh, like winter sports, but you know that's that's about the extent that I know of winter sports. So sort of transitioning into spring sports. Uh, women's lacrosse. Uh, they are not performing up to their usual standards, but. You know, I know they lost a significant amount of talent. They lost a, a key draw specialist uh, that graduated last year, so they don't they don't have that. And then I don't know. I mean, they still have a lot of you know nothing to to you know. I don't want to I don't want to say anything too negative because they they still do have a lot of talent, and I think maybe they're working out the chemistry early on in the season. They just went on a really tough. Uh, road uh, trip where they play like six games in a row on the road or something crazy like that and they they play so much better at home here at Garber so you know I think they just haven't found their stride yet they haven't hit their stride but once they do there's just such a dominant team just looking at the past you know nine ten years that they've I mean I'm pretty sure they've won the a10 title the last like 10 years in a row so you know uh, you can't really be too worried about them coach uh, McMahon knows what she's doing so that's that's the extent of women's lacrosse baseball they are at a six and four overall record um, they it looks like they have not started conference play they had they opened up a series against Pittsburgh in which they got swept. They played one game against St. Peter's. They won that game. Uh, those were all those all those games were played down in Florida, most likely as part of spring training. Um, and then they played Central Connecticut, at, uh, but only for one game. The first three games got canceled. Uh, I believe two of those games were a split squad type deal, a doubleheader, um, and then. They had the Sunshine State Classic Series against Bucknell. That was also down in Florida. They swept that series. They won all three games. They're, they're, the last series was part of the Russmat Central Florida Invitational. They played that in Winter Haven, Florida, where they played Bradley University. They split the series, winning the first game 6-2, losing the second game 
three to six. Uh, the game against Holy Cross on Tuesday was canceled, uh, so they will not get to play the Crusaders. That game was supposed to be played here in Amherst. They have a three-game series coming up against Richmond, where they will. It looks like open up Atlantic Ten play. As we know, Richmond is in the Atlantic 10. They will travel down to Richmond, Virginia to face the Spiders. Those games will be played tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. That's the extent of what's going on in baseball right now. Softball already managing to rack up a lot of games. It looks like they play a lot of sort of uh, non-conference games because you know they haven't opened up conference play but their overall record here on the UMass Athletics website is recorded at 11 and 10. Uh, they have played teams like Syracuse, LSU, and UNC Greensboro. They've lost to all those teams. They've bounced back against Ohio, um, Delaware, and it looks like. Eastern Michigan, so they've, they've won those games. Uh, sorry, it's a little scattered. There's a lot of games to uh, break down here, but uh, yeah, it seems like they have some, some talent returning. I think they lost by, I think they just narrowly lost the A-10 tournament last year. I think they were A-10 tournament uh, runners runner-ups, so uh, you know, I know they brought in some some pitching tal- talent. Kiara Oliver, I believe, is is sort of their number one uh, like freshman pitcher, and then they have um, other other really good players like Jenna Koza. So they're they're probably gonna make a deep run uh, in the A10 tournament as well. Moving on to just some general headlines, what we like to do at the end of this show, if you're new, is we sort of just read the scrolling headlines off the UMass Athletics website and uh, sort of just give our take on it if uh, there's a take required to be given. So, women's lacks versus Harvard moved to Thursday. I'm actually pre-recording this, so in other words, there will be a lacrosse game today at 3.30 against Harvard um, played from Garber Field. Also, um, Rack, they don't give his first name, earns spot on NCAA Division I Team of the Week. That's a men's lacrosse player here. Uh, so, he's a senior face-off specialist, and he had dominant performances against UMass Lowell and Hartford. So good to, good to see that UMass uh, men's lacrosse player is getting some recognition in the NCAA Division I at that. Softball home opener against Boston College was canceled. Uh, a doubleheader scheduled for Saturday against LaSalle will be the new... Um, conference opener 
or that will be the conference opener. Boston College isn't in the A-10, but uh, LaSalle is in the A-10, so they will open up conference play against them on Saturday. Doubleheader. Uh, field hockey recognized by NFHCA for academic success. The team had an overall 3.4 grade point average. Very impressive. Uh, Tuesday's opener versus Holy Cross canceled. We already talked about that. So they will open up A-10 play scheduled for tomorrow at Richmond. And we already talked about that. So, And then Jenna Koza and uh, the face-off specialist that goes by Rack named UMass Student Athletes of the Week. So Jenna Koza, Noah Rack, there we go, that's his first name, uh, of softball and men's lacrosse will be recognized at the weekly luncheon on Wednesday. That's a UMass athletics thing. So those are all the scrolling headlines. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for another great week. Hope you guys have a great Thursday, and we will catch you here next week. Thanks for listening.